0: Welcome to Buffy Boyfriends. We are boyfriends watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm Sam. I'm Mike. Uh, and, uh, we've got
1: a special guest this week.
0: <laughs> we, had, oh. we do indeed. Uh, we, our guest this week is, uh, you know, one of the first things I really learned or noticed about him was that he was also a big fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, and more specifically, Angel which is why I felt we absolutely needed to have him on for Angel's first big episode, Season 1, Episode 7, Angel. Uh, really hard to search for this episode when you're trying to find the Wikipedia article for it or anything because there are so many other Buffy-related terms called Angel. Anyway, uh, the welcome our guest, Otto Fernandez.
2: Hey, it's me. How y'all doing? Uh, Michael, Sam, thank y'all both for having me.
0: Of course. Thank you for being here. How
2: how are you doing? I'm good. I just got done watching the episode we're about to talk about a few minutes ago. So it's like fresh in my head. So yeah, I'm ready to get into it.
0: Perf Otto, what is your buffy journey? How did you get into the show? What brought you to this juncture here tonight?
2: Well, like most things in my life, it goes back to or it starts with uh the UPN network. I oh. remember uh, Buffy season six And season seven Cause you know It was on the WB first Let's clear that up The first five seasons Were on the WB And then it stopped Being on the WB The last two seasons Season six and seven Aired on UPN And like I want to say From 2001 to 03 When Buffy ended And I was Nine and ten years old When those two seasons On UPN uh, Were airing So I have Vague recollections of the final two seasons of buffy i actually didn't watch the show in full until years later like again i don't want to say my first time watching buffy in full was during the pandemic i definitely watched the show for the first time in full like years before that but i feel like i rewatched the show again for the second time during the pandemic before my two watches though i definitely have like I would say when Buffy was in reruns, which is crazy that Buffy isn't even in reruns like anywhere, really, I don't think, unless you two, like know where you can watch them on TV. But I definitely my most watched seasons for sure were two and three. Or those are just the ones that I caught episodes from those seasons whenever I would flip on like, I guess, MTV when Buffy was airing reruns on there for a little bit or. Maybe the N or Ting Nick, possibly. I don't recall, but
0: I know that logo had rerun rights to Buffy for a while when I was like in high school, uh, that I thought was very cool. You know, the gay channel.
1: Wow, RuPaul is really consolidating every gay media empire. <laughs> He's really
0: cracking uh, the the network TV <laughs> animals. so true uh but Otto, as i mentioned you're i've always known you're a much bigger fan of angel uh and, you know not to go too far into angel the series just yet uh why what 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 are your thoughts on angel compared to buffy i mean
2: to be fair to buffy with angel it was more, i had easier access to it angel i watched in full Angel has five seasons. I watched the the entire series in full, I want to say like seven or eight times, like literally, I'm not exaggerating because it was so easy to watch it. I would just DVR the reruns on TNT because it would air on TNT every weekday morning and I would just watch Angel over and over and over and over and over again. Whereas with Buffy, I never really got the chance to watch it that much because it just wasn't airing on TV like that and reruns are in syndication. So I would have to like find the series online to watch it, you know? Sure. But as to my thoughts on the actual show, like, i would do a quick comparison. Buffy has extremely high highs on the episodic level. I could name you, like, 15 to 20 Buffy episodes off rip, like, off the episode title, you know? Just because of how memorable Buffy episodes tend to be, especially in, like, the really good seasons, which I would say are two, three Four is a good season. Four is like the sitcom season. It's it's goofy, but it's still good. And then five, and then six. There are plenty of episodes in those five seasons that I'm like, nah, these are fucking masterpieces of the medium. But with Angel, I feel like it's more... It hits deeper. Buffy hits deep, but Angel like thematically hits deeper. Or to make a, another comparison, I would say that Buffy is Breaking Bad and Angel is Better Call Saul. Whoa. or messier better call Saul, mind you but i guess i would say that's how i would compare the two you know
1: and people say better call Saul is much better than breaking bad
2: i would also say i'm one of those people but to k- get back on track i'm just gonna leave it there because i don't want to <laughs> just make this into a better call Saul thing. we'll be here all night i swear to god we'll be here all night
0: well you and mike would have a lot to talk about i've only seen breaking bad at this point uh i got to Got to check out Better Calls. Maybe the, I've been looking for a new show to watch. Maybe I'll try that again. Um, but as mentioned before, we are here to talk season one, episode seven, Angel, uh, which is an episode where while Buffy grows more and more annoyed with Angel's mysterious disappearing act, she can't deny her growing obsession with him. Meanwhile, it's killing Xander that Buffy doesn't have a clue about how he feels about her. And as he vents his frustrations and as he fr- vents his frustrations to Willow, she knows all too well how he feels. And in the underworld, the master is incensed that Buffy has taken the lives of so many members of his family, and he summons vampire warriors to annihilate her. Uh, Pretty Slay. This episode written by David Greenwald, uh, who is one of the co-executive producers of the show. And previously, Mike, you may know him from writing Teacher's Pet. Uh, and then he went on to create the aforementioned Angel and NBC's Grimm.
1: Wow. Crazy how the same person could write this episode and Teacher's Pet.
0: Yeah. Really uh, differing in quality, I would say. (laughs) Um, This episode was directed by Scott Brazil. This was his single Buffy credit. Uh, He was the executive producer of The Shield, and he was a producer of various levels of Hill Street Blues, uh, which aired from 1981 to 1986. I don't know what that show's really all about, but I'm pretty sure... Like, I've never seen it, but it is a show that was like a... Like cop soap opera, basically. Um, I don't know. I don't know any. I you know he did a great job directing this episode. I wish they had brought him back for more. I'd say, um, but David Greenwald slayed it. Um, below the line spotlight. There were so many sound effects in this episode. I wanted to think about who was behind those. Timothy Pearson was the Foley artist of the episode. He had 257 Foley artist credits between 1983 to 2007. Uh, he worked on two seasons of Buffy. And then also he was like a big Disney guy and worked on a bunch of the DCOMs as well as Proud Family. Uh thought that was cool. What,
1: and then, can I interject? What is a Foley artist? Is that like a sound person?
0: Yeah. So like a Foley artist is the guy who... If they didn't really capture a sound perfectly well on set, this is a guy who's like got the video of the episode up on that screen and then is like recreating sounds with various things to make it like a better, more, a better, better look and sound match, I guess. Um, And then for our IMDb deep dive, our cast person, Julie Benz, poor Darla, killed off in this episode.
2: I love Julie Benz more so for her work as Dollar as well. Uh, oh, never mind, but that's uh, we haven't, we haven't. I'm, I was going to talk about the other show. I love her in this episode as well. She's just so damn good from the very beginning. And before this episode, she was also in the first two episodes, right? Yeah, Black-y?
0: she was in the pilot, like two parter, and then she disappeared. And we kind of, it seemed like we weren't going to see her again. Uh, Mike definitely didn't think he was going to be seeing her again. He predicted that before.
1: Yeah, but I guess according to these notes, Darla may be out there somewhere in the Buffy, the wider Buffy universe.
0: Maybe some flashbacks. Who Maybe knows? some flashbacks, yeah. yeah. She Death did isn't die. the
1: end. Death is rarely the end on these types of shows. She turned into dust. True.
0: Um, but she's probably most known for her role as Rita in Dexter, but she had a leading role in ABC's No Ordinary Family, which I watched every single episode of, despite you it's quality. Uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, I love Julie Benz and Superheroes, so it was a match made I in I think
2: I watched the pilot of that, of that show, and then I was just like, ah, I, I'm good, <laughs> you know?
0: You made the right call. It uh, did not pick up. And, and um, as well as uh, Sci Fi's Defiance, which I had never heard of, but she was a leading actress.
1: Cool. Good for her. I hope she is still working these days. Was she in that Dexter revival?
0: I doubt it since she died about halfway through the original show.
1: Damn. So, sort of like her character on Buffy.
0: True. Could be some flashbacks for her. I'm not sure.
1: Let us know if she's in the, the Dexter revival. Let us know in the comments. we yeah,
0: Will do. Um, cool. So yeah, those were our little cast and crew stuff this episode. Uh, Mike, take it away.
1: Sure. So this episode opens a little differently than anything else we've seen so far. We get a previously on segment uh, sort of cluing us in that maybe something in a previous episode, a theme, a character... Something we thought we'd never see again is back. And who could it be? It could be it could be Darla. It could be some of the other characters we haven't seen in a while. We open in the Master's Cave,
0: yeah. I mean, i i I was very excited to see this previously on. i I feel like it's showing that it's becoming a serialized show. Like this is the first time they ever did it previously on in this in our show so far and i i was like now it's really taken off
2: i love seeing the master just because he's so you know out of all of buffy all of buffy's villains he seems the most i don't know he seems like because he He's a really good, like, looking villain, you know? And the actor who plays him is just... Imbues him with such, like... I believe this dude is, like... However... How old is the master? He Like, he. I just feel like he's very fucking old. Like, I just believe it from him, you know?
0: Yeah. I don't know that we get a specific number on him, or at least not to this point. But, I mean, Angel in this episode was... claimed to be, like, 250 years old. And Darla turned him... And the master is
2: older than her, so as he's by like, like four hundred years. Yeah, since that's that's what he mentions about uh, Darla in the Entity episode. But yeah, I'm gonna pivot from the master just to say real quick, man, fuck the anointed One, <laughs> one of the most nothing characters in the entire series. He's just oh my god, I do not. And listen, Mike, I'm sorry. That's an, I guess another mild spoiler but do you have any thoughts on the anointed one so far
1: so i mean i was pretty sure we were never gonna see the anointed one again after his first episode because that seemed to be the theme of this show with their villains they introduce a concept and we never hear about it again so i was surprised to see the anointed one come back and be such a little brat he really went toe went toe to toe head to head with the
2: master And that's literally just his role. I'm not going to say what happens to him, but if you don't feel any particular way about him, you're smart to keep that feeling. Just it's going to be some really interesting things that happen with him, I guess, later on. But as for right now, this is my thoughts on him in this episode. I'm like, oh, like he's just there, bro. Like he's just. Yeah. He just seems very random at this point.
0: Uh, it's just kind of need the, I because I guess he's there because the master needs someone to hang out with and talk to. But I felt like he was doing fine just talking to whatever vampires he had around. He, I don't know that he needed a, like a sidekick guy.
2: Like he's just the master. Like you know, obviously they're not gonna have the villain immediately just go at the hero, especially this early on in the season or series rather. But like. You could have given him, you know, like, some more pit cave homies, you know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been funny to just see, like, just, like, other people that maybe the Master has made.
0: Yeah, I feel like my comparison is, like, Rita Repulsa from Power Rangers, and Rita Repulsa mm-hmm. has, like, four different dudes hanging around with her that all are, like, so distinct, such distinct, like, designs, and the ma- the Master is, like, so cool, Darla is so cool, and then th- then they got this kid. It's, like, why did we bring him in
1: yeah, yeah i think like... i'm still confused about the mechanics of the anointed one like was it really just this kid was at the wrong place at the wrong time and got turned into a vampire and what became the anointed one or was it always meant to be this kid so yeah I, it was prophesized. Really it.
0: it was prophesized that like five would die in front of their ashes one of them would rise and be the anointed one who at some point in the future is going to be the key to defeating the slayer for the master but -hmm. we have not got to that point yet we're between the rise and the slay it's just kind of like now he's here
2: like my last thoughts i guess on like the master's living situation is like imagine if you were homeschooled for eternity, that's what the master and Darla and like a, the Anointed One have going on. You know, they're just down there.
0: Yeah, I, they're and they've been there for sixty years, or or whatever. It seems like the, I, I it it, it it must be hard as a vampire to not just kill every single person because they need new people to keep coming. So they must like they gotta like really prune the population.
1: Well speaking of pruning, it seems like Buffy is doing some pruning of the vampire population. Um, We see the master and Darla talking about how some guy named Zachary never came home from the hunt. Have we seen Zachary before? Was this an off-screen death?
0: I think this is just an off-screen slay from Buffy. She killed Mm. Zachary, and now Darla is like, please let me go kill her in return.
1: Yeah. It seems like Darla has some sort of vendetta against Buffy. I'm not sure what. <laughs> I'm not sure what it
0: is. Yeah, I. You know, one would think that it's the angel relationship, but I maybe that's me putting uh two pitting two women against each other over a man.
1: Yeah, I feel like the characterization for the Darla Angel Buffy triangle was not there in the first few episodes where we saw darla and they decided to bring her back and say we need to give this woman some sort of plot let's have her be a romantic rival
2: i know the moment you find out in this episode or the moment that buffy finds out that angel and darla were a thing she immediately goes from (laughs) sassing darla which is one of my slay moments for this episode Uh (laughs) How are you going to say, oh, you're looking a little fucked up, a little wrinkly around the eyes? And she also like talks shit about her hair, which was both very like quintessential, like funny, Buffy moments. But and then the minute like Darla says, oh, yeah, me and I made him, we used to be together. She's like, huh, you two used to be together? Well, interesting. Yeah, like it was like, that was like a nice, real, like romantic rival moment I enjoyed in this episode.
0: I agree. I think that this is the high watermark so far of their like, the handhold of the fi- uh, the final fight in the climax of the episode and like the character stuff in the fight like I feel like they were doing really good stuff in this episode um, I, I just wish that the season had been longer so that they would maybe have been able to like string this out a little longer like the Darla Angel Buffy thing because uh, it's a really fun dynamic and it's just too bad that Darla had to be slayed on her first return to the show.
2: Yeah, this is definitely one of the best episodes of season one because I was on Hulu watching the episode and I was looking at like the previous episodes. You we have Welcome to the Hellmouth, The Harvest, which are both like, you know, solid beginning, you know, beginning pilot type episodes. And then The Witch, which I think is still a good episode. And then you get into like Never Kill a Boy on the First Date, I think, uh, Teacher's Pet, The Pack. I'm like, man. I'm glad this was the episode you asked him to be on. Because if it was any <laughs> of the previous three, I would have been like, "Oh my god!" Like Xander getting eaten by praying mantis. Okay, good. He should have been eaten. Fuck it. Like <laughs> it's true.
0: it's um, true. I will say though, Otto. If you have not watched Never Kill a Boy on a First Date in a while, I will. I also had a generally negative impression of it, but came away from it really, really liking it.
2: It was pretty good. All right, I might give that one a (laughs) rewatch then. But as far as Angel, like David Boreanaz isn't even as, you know, he's guest starring this season, yes? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. And he is quite good as Angel already. Like, obviously, you know, Mike, that he eventually does get his own show. We've said that at the beginning. So I'm like, oh, God, I hope I'm not spoiling the fact that (laughs) David Boreanaz gets his own show off of this character. But he's really good. And I feel like the episode that is most compelling when it actually just focuses on Buffy and Angel's relationship. Like the Scoobies, you know, Giles, Xander, Willow, they're in the episode and they contribute. But this it's not really about them at all. This episode is really it's really like all about Buffy and Angel. And I think the episode is better for it.
0: Definitely, because even when they try to, like, paint parallels between Buffy liking Angel and Willow liking Xander, it doesn't really, like, linger on Willow's side of that for very long. It just kind of automatically reverts back to Buffy.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe they're learning the, the Willow-Xander pairing. Might not be what the fans are looking for.
0: <laughs> At least this fan.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, second, for me. I'm, like, you know... The romance of, like, Willow liking Xander, which is, like, I don't know. Do I ship them? Did I ever ship them? When I first started watching the show, when I was a lot younger, and I will admit, maybe sided with Xander or had my blinders on when it came to Xander specifically as, like, a dude, right? Or a straight dude, rather, right? I was like, "Eh, let's see how it goes. But watching the show and then rewatching it, I'm like, yo, like... I'm not going to get into future Xander shit, but even in this episode, I'm like, bruh. It's
0: bad every single time he does something terrible. (laughs)
2: Like, yo, like... Okay, so mind you, these characters are teenagers, so they're going to do stupid teenage shit from time to time, right? But with Xander specifically... And I guess there's like moments in the previous episodes that have like some like god damn it Xander moments in them, of course. But with this episode, I'm like, dude, this is like my one one of my Xander slander moments. Okay. This shit is in the beginning of the episode, right? He's acting like a goofus, a doofus on the fucking dance floor, bumping into everybody. He bumps into Cornelia, and she actually expresses concern for him. Because he bumped it to, well, he asked like some girl to dance and then like her big ass jock boyfriend looked at him like, if you don't get the fuck out of my face. And he's like, oh, all right. He backed away. And she actually expressed concern about that. And then she was like, hey, you stepped on my, almost stepped on my shoes. And then For $200 shoes. Yes. And then, you know, a, a mild Cordelia right? And then he's going to say, oh, and that dress doesn't make you look a horror at all. And then he just like goes back to fucking. Buffy and Willow and I'm like okay alright so the episode is not even like two minutes in and you're already with the slut Jamie that's crazy dog okay you yeah. lost me there
1: yeah he that's sucks. kind of his thing is any hot girl who gives him a tiny day is a slut or a whore um, as long, unless they're sleeping with him um, anything else they do is being a slut being a whore but if they gave him attention it would be all different wouldn't it I bet it would yeah, real Joss Whedon analog, really looking into his mind.
2: I mean, Xander is literally like a Joss Whedon avatar. I think Joss Whedon himself has said as much, and then given what we know about Joss Whedon at this point in real life, uh, man, it's a miracle that Xander wasn't even worse than you know what we've been getting, at least so far in the series. I'll leave it to you, Michael, as the series goes on to decide for yourself, like just how much of Xander is Xander and how much of Xander is Joss, even though, you know, I just said he's like a self admitted from Joss himself, like Xander is like Joss in the show. So, you know, I'll let you determine how much is like <laughs> the percentages, you know,
0: where the line is drawn. I don't know. Yeah, I think that I think yeah. that it's, I think that it's just like some, yeah, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with what you're saying. Bad stuff from Xander all around. Uh, and that, I mean, that's this. This is like the beginning opening scene we're talking about, where they're like in the bronze, and so like you, especially like right after a previous one, it's like this is the first thing we want you to find out about this character. If this is the first episode you're tuning in, and you need the previous one to catch up. This guy is getting introduced by telling a woman that she looks like a whore. Like,
2: okay, And cool. again, this, like, even that little scene we're talking, even this, like, scene, which isn't that important in the grand scheme of the episode, but it really goes to show how, like, Buffy hits different as an adult, as opposed to when you're, like, the, t- the character's ages when you're watching the show, because you might actually be on some... Xander shit yourself and then you watch the show and you're like, Yeah, this is Xander being Xander. And then you grow up and you like be like, oh fuck, this is like you're being OD, like, for lack of a better term, cringy, you know?
0: <laughs> uh yeah, definitely. So this is like Buffy comes back and talks to Willow for a little bit and like they all talk, and then Buffy's just like, I'm just too upset right now, like, I'm just gonna leave. And so she leaves the bronze, uh, and, like, we get a flash of Angel, like, watching her from across the club, but, she, like, and she turns around, and he's gone, obviously, because he's does that, uh, and so she just leaves, and she's, like, attacked in the alleyway by these three vampires, who are the three, the three, that the, the three men do, Decker. Yeah,
1: Can I just say, I, these vampires, they have so much time on their hands, and they have the most uncreative names for each other for their prophecies like who cares about the three who cares about the
0: the master the anointed one (laughs) and
2: here's the difference between the master and like the anointed one and the three the master seems like an actual character like you like he's believable you believe he is the master he's just some old ass motherfucking vampire just chilling down below the earth before his time comes right or whatever the however the prophecy or whatever goes i don't know if the show has gotten too into that yet but yeah he's basically biting his time right trying to kill buffy in the meantime and shit but the three yo they didn't even seem like vampires to me. And they have the vamp face on the whole time. They just seem like three dudes in matching outfits, like with you armor. Be, yeah. Okay. You, y'all should be in the WWE. You shouldn't be going after Sarah Michelle Geller. What the fuck are y'all doing?
1: Well, I like the fake out at the beginning of the episode that introduced the three because the camera shows you just these like three bald, shady guys hanging out as they're talking about the three. And you're like, okay, this this has gotta be the three. But no, these are just some poor dudes that get jumped by the actual three. Um, R.I.P. to these three dudes. Do they get killed or are they just dispatch? Probably.
0: I think they cut away before we get mm. too many details. Too bad. Uh, so yeah, but thankfully Angel shows up in the nick of time and like releases her from the fight. Or like at least helps her fight them off uh, for enough time for them to run away and uh, head back to Buffy's house. Yeah,
1: and I I feel like I have to note this is the first time in the series Angel has done something helpful.
0: I also noted that. <laughs> this is like his finally he did something.
2: Oh yeah. If I recall correctly, every time Angel popped up it was like after buffy like beat some some vampires up stake some shit and then he would just pop up and be like, "Hey, I'm the I'm your love interest, uh-huh. You don't know what the fuck I'm on, uh, and he would just leave. Yeah, <laughs> it's either it...
0: after. It's either after he like she already did stuff, or before she needed to go do something. But she, he literally every single time would give her information she already had. Like it, it was It was like such a weird. He never did anything until right now.
1: Yeah, well, he played the long game because she's obsessed with him,
0: <laughs> for some reason. Um, so yeah, during the fight. Angel had gotten injured. And so, oh yeah, there's that like one second like line from Sarah Michelle Gellar where they're like running into Buffy's house and she's like come inside quick. Like to, obviously cuz he needed to be invited in, but we don't know that yet. Um it, but she's like here like I'll patch you up, you're bleeding. So he takes off his shirt. Um formative Memory for me, I feel like this was one of the things that led to some realizations. Um, and because we see Angel's back with his uh tattoo,
1: good tattoo. It was uh, what was it, a moon something?
2: It was like I a, guess I really tell what it was. a bird, with actual...
1: an A. Okay, I so know. maybe
2: it was like an actual angel on his back, which I'm so dumb if that is actually the case because I'm I like. Get- i'm looking at the tattoo like is that a bird and i'm like an angel would make the most sense obviously on the nose but it would make sense
1: i guess i gotta look up this tattoo again because for some reason i'm imagining it being like a bird flying over the moon or something but i guess that's what the wing sort of looks like you got like the yeah. circular i the a i completely glossed over during the episode i did not like, recognize the a
0: it's unnecessary to have this be an A also. We already know it's Angel, but they, they wanted it there.
1: Well, maybe if he ever dies, we can identify him by the A on the tattoo. Or maybe they all have the same image, but with their first letter initial yeah. underneath it. Like, Do you think Darla has the That's same tattoo? That's how you can tell like a vampire
0: D? like a Cylon in Battlestar Galactica. Yeah the red spine um yeah so buffy's patching him up and they're talking a little bit joyce comes home uh and joyce she runs yeah i haven't seen joyce in a while joyce is back darla's back this is a huge episode for our girls uh and buffy's trying to kind of just being like why don't you run upstairs like i'll bring you tea and jo- that's when joyce is like okay something's going on oh yeah, yeah. and
2: then they, that lie that buffy comes up with like oh he's a student And not a high school student, which I don't know if that would actually have worked on Joyce, because he does seem like the older guy, right? And, like, not just in vampire, like, time, but in, like, a oh, he's, like, an older guy for Buffy, who I think at this point is 15, 16? 16? Okay.
0: Buffy's a sophomore in high school, and, like, it must be... 9 p.m 10 p.m question mark at her house and she t- she her mom comes home and she's like don't worry he's tutoring me he's just a freshman in college <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like let's think it through
1: and i have to note that david Borianas, however you say his name Boreanas, like almost 30 when he filmed the first season of buffy so he looks i mean he looks he looks older
0: he certainly doesn't look like a freshman in college
1: know how old was Sarah Michelle Gower?
0: 20 I don't know off the top of my head
2: I yeah, for, she's like
1: she's eight years younger than David Boreanaz
2: I want to say that Charisma Carpenter who plays Cordelia and Nicholas Brendan who plays Xander they were also like in their mid to late 20s in season one playing these roles too so mm. yeah and it becomes funny as fuck later on in like the later seasons of the show when, like, other characters point out, hey, you're in your early 20s and shit, and then some of the actors don't look I- early 20s. But that's way down the road. You're not even gonna, it's not even gonna matter story wise, but it is kind of like funny, even now, being like, these motherfuckers don't necessarily look like teenagers, but that's just like, a common teen drama thing since like always. So,
0: yeah. I, because, like, it's like I don't even know if I would want a 16-year-old in this role. Like, obviously, I just don't think that that'd be right.
2: You know? Yeah, and also, you- this is a show that came out in 1997. So, it's like, if we think too deeply about the ramifications of Angel and Buffy's relationship, given the age difference, you know what I'm saying? I It's again, we would be here all night. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, and you don't even have to think too deeply. Like, we find out in this episode he's 240, yeah, and she's 16, and I was just kind of thinking, like, what age does a person have to be for them to date an immortal person and it not be weird?
2: Exactly. And they address (laughs) it also. They addressed that shit in this episode, too. I think later on with like when the uh, Willow's helping uh buffy learn about the uh, reconstruction right and then <laughs> she was talking about like oh man angel would have been like already in his hundreds at this time and i was like Ugh, yeah 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 and i on the other
1: side of it as an immortal character like do you really want to be dating a 16 year old an 18 year old like You've got so much so many years on them. you've had your fair share of sixteen year olds in your two hundred year lifetime. You're really gonna keep pursuing high school students,
0: apparently so says angel hmm. <laughs> bad.
2: I mean, look at Darla in the Catholic school in the Catholic schoolgirl outfit and then look at Buffy who's literally dead ass in high school, like bro, angel has a type, and it's just <laughs> that's just what it is,
0: yeah. Not good. I, I I watched this for the first time as a sophomore in high school, so obviously don't think you don't think about it then when you're a kid. But now, be, being almost thirty, I'm like, this is not right. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, but they, you know, we move past it. Um, Buffy Joyce is like, okay, send it, send it, send this man home. And Buffy says, I absolutely will, mom. Just head upstairs. And so they like pretend to send Angel home, and then Angel just follows Buffy up to her room.
2: And then classic, you know, classic. classic. Mm-hmm. And then Joyce
1: really let her get away with that. She was like, oh, it's too late for tutoring.
2: And then subtle. And she just goes <laughs> <Bye>. upstairs.
1: <laughs> well, Joyce has had a long day at her very small art gallery. Um, so she's probably just gonna go to bed and trust that Buffy is gonna listen to her, just like in every other
2: episode we've seen. And she did listen, you know. And then Angel and Buffy are alone in her room. And they get close because they. will oh, wait, not yet. Because they were like, "Oh, you know, look out for the three. You know, they could still be out there." And Buffy also was like on alert when Joyce came home because she was like, "Oh shit, like they could still be out there." And then this is when she asked, "Oh no, 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 yeah." So the the, 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 first the take off night... your shirt so I could patch you up. as before, and she didn't notice that he was probably already held up because Joyce came home early. Okay,
0: the first night, like. Buffy and Angel just like are two are tense and they're like Buffy offers to sleep on the floor and Angel says I'll sleep on the floor I've slept on much worse it's like this is not when like they discover that because then Angel just yeah. like hangs out at her house for like all day the next day
2: yeah I was like oh so he was just what was he doing you know like it makes sense why he just stayed in her room all day he probably couldn't have left because it was like daylight but yeah she didn't find it weird I guess this they was,
0: was the plan. Just... I mean, he must have talked about it. He's like, he, he knew he wouldn't have been able to leave during the day, so he was, he was like, "I'll just hang out here during the day
2: and keep an eye out for the three during the day in which Who they cannot could... come out." <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: um... I will note
1: that unlike one of the other main male characters earlier this season, when Buffy goes to change her clothes and asks the the guy to turn around, Angel doesn't try to. Uh, violate her privacy, unlike other main male characters on the show named Xander.
0: Yeah, Xander did the exact same thing like two episodes ago and then immediately looked in the mirror. Hey, maybe Angel would have looked in the mirror too if if he wouldn't have been invisible in the mirror. Whoa. Well, we haven't figured that out about the vampire lore in the show. Yeah, I don't even remember if that's true in this show. Uh, I don't maybe know. Vampire joke
2: in buffy and angel uh vampires don't have reflections
0: okay um so they talk a little about angels history and he's like doing a little double speak and he's like vampires killed my family like uh and he just talk. he talks about himself he talks about being a vampire but buffy obviously doesn't know he's a vampire yet uh and so he's just like he just they go to sleep and Buffy asks, Do you snore? And Angel says, It's been too a long time since anybody would have been able to tell me if I snore or not.
2: And also, like vampires don't breathe. So <laughs> how does that yeah. work? Yeah. 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 But he might can... but, but she doesn't know say... he's
0: a vampire yet, so you can't say that.
2: And also yeah. well, vampires can't breathe, said, how no. and also if vampires can't breathe, how can they talk? So again, it doesn't matter. It's just forget it, forget it, forget it.
0: Uh yeah, I you know it's a good point. I don't. We'll have to be on the lookout for any snoring vampires. See if see if they uh they do breathe. They don't breathe. We don't know. Um. They, so they go to the next the next day at the library. Xander's pissed having heard about uh Angel spending the night. Um. And Will is like it's so romantic that he didn't try anything. Buffy said he's a perfect gentleman. It's like he's old. <laughs> like why he should have been in the situation at all.
1: Yeah, weird ethics
0: here. <laughs> Get used to it. Um <laughs> and she, Buffy had talked to them about the three and so Giles just Giles pulls him up in a book and is like is this who it was? It was.
1: It was them. And I'm still I'm going to say it, I'm not very impressed with the three for for characters that are talked up in the first 15 minutes of this episode as being like the greatest vampires to ever live or or whatever
2: like, um, um Giles, no jails literally says oh they're warrior vampires they're very strong and then
1: yeah for characters that get killed one scene later um <laughs> they're very inconsequential
0: i agree it was it's very strange i am and... I don't know why this is a thing of the master's character, but every time we see him, he has his own minions killed or injured. Like stop doing that.
2: <laughs> I know. Practice. I will say, I will say it was worth it for that line when like they thought they were going to be spared the three and the master's like, Oh, it would bring me a little joy to see them killed. And then Darla kills him anyway. And then he's like, Oh, but sometimes a little joy is enough. <laughs> that was yeah. a nice little bit of dialogue.
0: Like it makes sense, and I get that he's like a cruel guy and they want to show that, but logically, I'm just kind of like, you need these guys. Buffy keeps killing your minions, stop killing them
2: yourself. I care more about Zachary than I do the three. Like, damn, you gotta, like, <laughs> step your minion game up, you know what I'm saying?
1: I, le- yeah. I mean, I'm gonna say it a vampire named Zachary, much better name for a vampire than the three. <laughs> I yeah, I, no. I, lo- I like when they have just like regular human names, I think. Angel is obviously too on the nose, but Darla, yeah, Zachary, Angela's. Jesse, all good.
0: Yeah, I felt like with, I mean, with the three, we didn't get emotionally connected to them at all. They didn't have names, but I agree. Zachary by itself, it's like, that guy seems like he had something going on.
1: Yeah. R.I.P. So yeah, as we were saying, the, the sort of the next scene, another cut to the Master's layer. The three they have not done what the Master asked them to do, which was to kill Buffy, or bring Buffy back. I wasn't really sure on the um, the end goal for what the three were supposed to do here. Yeah. So does know. the Master want Buffy just dead by anyone's hand, or does he want to kill Buffy personally?
0: I think he'd be fine if she just died cuz then no one would get in the way of his plans. Mm, okay. But I, th- I mean I think ideally he'd like to kill her but he knows his limits and I'm sure he's told his minions like hey, kill her if you can.
1: Yeah. Hey, that that is a good manager. He he knows how to delegate.
0: Yeah. But then Darla I and mean, he delegates the killing of the three to Darla. Yeah.
1: He he has limited strength. He can't just be killing people willy-nilly.
2: Hmm. I'm trying to think of what else in this episode. Oh wait, can we t- we haven't even talked about the kiss yet. We haven't talked about the moment where you know.
0: Yes. That happens uh the following night. Like the we go through a whole day at school. Um Buffy and Giles do some like combat training and like cuz Buffy wants to learn how to do the crossbow, but then uh, Oh man.
2: Yeah. I love Buffy and Giles' relationship at this stage in the show cuz it's very much still I'm the watcher, you're the slayer. And Buffy's perspective on it is like, yeah, I'm the slayer. I know what I'm doing more than you think. And she sees Giles as like, I guess, a fuddy-duddy still, if that's like the accurate term. In this episode, Giles seems, again, there's not too much Giles in this episode, but he doesn't seem particularly, you know, they don't seem like particularly close, close, I'll say.
0: Now. I And I also like about this scene with the bow stabs or whatever that like in an in most shows, I feel like Buffy's overconfidence would be like her foil and then Giles would like best her in combat or whatever. But like she instantly beats him just like she so <laughs> confidently thought she would. And he's like is like fine. You can start training with the crossbow.
1: Well, this is the same thing that happened. I, I feel like we're in this episode. We're just seeing the same scenes. From previous episodes, because this already happened, where Buffy and Giles were fighting or training in the library, um, and she beat him up, and she was a lot stronger than he anticipated, and then he winced, and then we moved on to the next scene, and it just felt—it feels like they filmed a bunch of these in a row, and then they're just sort of like slotting them into the episodes as the season goes on. Yeah, well, well, like this with- one at we- least
0: had like the crossbow set up, but yeah, like I guess they just want to be reminded that. Buffy is training,
2: and also, like this like I, I guess it could be a drinking game for you, Michael, going forward. Well, for both of y'all going forward, see how awful like this the awful shit Xander says and does throughout the show and see how take a shot. And then uh, whenever Giles gets beat up or knocked knocked out, take a shot. Yeah. it's it's you once you start noticing it just it becomes really fun to like, you know keep track of how many times these moments in the show happen.
0: He's been out cold a couple times already. Seems like every episode. <laughs> they need to get him out of the way. And it's just easier to write dialogue with fewer people in scenes, so why not just have people pass out? So they go home from school, and Buffy goes to her room, and it's like Angel, and Angel like comes out of the closet. Uh, Buffy brought some food up from dinner, and like Angel says all I did today was read and think and Buffy's diary is out and so Buffy instantly thinks that angel read her diary
2: yeah I had to I had to replay that scene a couple of times because she says, oh my God you read my diary you can't do that the word hunk isn't a good or bad thing it can mean anything and I rebound that part a couple of times because for whatever reason instead of hearing hunk, I heard pike and I thought she was referring to pike from the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie from 1990. I don't know if you ought to have talked about that on this I've
0: seen it once Mike's never seen that.
2: Okay. So the script for the movie is canon according to Joss Whedon and then the movie itself the executives kind of fucked around with it so it is what it is. Movie's a cult classic anyway. But if you read the script, then that's the canon shit you can, like, apply to, like, the backstory pre-season one. But I heard Pike, and I'm thinking, oh, shit, Buffy's relationship with Pike is still, it got carried over into the show, even though I know it doesn't. Because I turned the subtitles on, and I found out she said hunk, not Pike. So that was just, like, what I took from the scene before correcting myself.
0: My major takeaway from this scene was Buffy saying that A doesn't even stand for Angel. It stands for Ahmed, a very nice foreign exchange student that she goes to school with. Hopefully, Ahmed gets introduced next episode.
1: Fingers crossed. Uh, and hopefully, it's not like a one off that the show seems to be doing with its introduced characters. <laughs>
0: Uh, but it turns out that Angel didn't read the diary. His mom, Her mom just moved it when she was in here cleaning. I guess he's because he and he said he stood in the closet. I guess her cleaning didn't extend into the closet. Don't know what his explanation would have been in that case. Um, and so like they're, and then they're just kind of like broody, broody. Like, oh, my God, I can't stay away from you. I ha-, like it's it'll never work out between us because I'm I'm older than you. And then they kiss and they kiss for like a long time.
1: Yeah, a good kiss. I was I was supportive of the kiss. I mean, we we just had to have it happen. We knew it was all going to ha- we knew all knew it was going to happen.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, like this is a new girl. You're not going to like don't give don't tease the shit out. Just have it happen, okay? Just just do it. Just do it.
0: Yeah, vampire shows need romantic strife. I'm and- surprised
1: we've made it seven episodes before a major romantic entanglement like
0: this yeah i agree i feel like because obviously it's teased at and we like understand as uh watchful viewers that there's buffy and angel romantic tension but there really wasn't that much like what there's not as much as you would expect in the first couple episodes until this moment where they like finally quote unquote kiss
2: i dig it i dig it sarah michelle geller and david boriannis have good chemistry so you know and also it's a vampire show like you said so i feel like at a certain point you do got to bring romance into it you know
0: definitely and i mean as we've discussed our you know that the age thing we're critical of um but like otto said like they the actors themselves like do they, they they're very good together
1: yeah and if i had to pick out of any of the men that have been introduced on the show so far for buffy to be connected to i guess i'll go with angel in this episode um i'm going to say angel in the previous episodes where he wasn't being very helpful um i would not be as supportive but he seems to try to be helping buffy um overall so
0: yeah i feel like now that i've answer. seen him fight some monsters i'm more like is sympathetic to him or like more on his side less like just complaining about when's he gonna get in the game like i feel like he actually helped in this episode
1: but the passion can't last for very long or it lasts for a while but not (laughs) as long as maybe the two of them want uh because angel has his sort of involuntary face change yeah Um. what did you all think of this plot (laughs) twist?
0: well what did you did you already know that angel is a vampire
1: I feel like I did know that, like, I feel like I didn't, I feel like I did know that.
0: Like, in the previous episodes, did you know? Like, what are you, did you or didn't you?
1: (laughs) See, now I don't, I wasn't that surprised, but I feel like I had that in the back of my mind just from, the Buffy universe being part of culture for the last like 25 years I'm sure I've heard angels of empire sometime in that time frame and as for the for our, our loyal listeners who have heard the our first intro episode I have technically watched season one before we did this rewatch podcast like a few years ago so I, I have seen this but I didn't remember that this was the moment we learned
2: yeah the the moment it's actually revealed for real it wasn't necessarily shocking because i've seen this episode a bunch of times or enough times to like have it stick in my head and i've also seen the show angel seven to eight times so i'm like i yeah it's sort of like i already knew it was coming but i was paying more attention this time around to the writing around the fact that he's actually a vampire and like the double talk that angel was doing which i thought was very clever writing from david greenwald so the reveal itself was cool you know it's like oh they're kissing it and it like oh shit, i can't help myself vamp face and then it's like ah but everything leading up to that reveal was very well done yeah i agree sorry
0: no, nothing. I was just going to say uh, like cuz even when I first watched the show, I went in knowing that Angel was a vampire, and so when I first got to this episode, I it didn't even had, hadn't even occurred to me through the first 6 episodes that the characters didn't know that Angel was a vampire. like I, I just never even thought about it until this moment and it was such a big deal that suddenly he was and I was like, "Oh my god, of course it's a, that'll be a big deal."
1: Yeah, I think my outstanding question from this reveal is do all vampires instantly go vampire face when they're hooking up with somebody? Because that
2: could be annoying. Well, with Angel in particular, uh, short answer, yes. That's his thing.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll have to find out. Yeah, I mean, this might be just his... his uh, He just couldn't control himself. Because um, I don't think we really... Well, we saw Darla kiss that guy in the opening of the show. And she was able to kiss him, but Angel was able to kiss Buffy for, like, 20 seconds before he flipped, so it might be a time
2: thing. But with Darla, it was like, that was just a setup. She was kissing the guys like a regular high school girl, and then she changed her face. Angel, it seems like he kissed Buffy because he actually wanted to kiss Buffy, and then, you know, his true nature just couldn't keep it his true nature couldn't just stay hidden it just came out because you know the passion and all that right
0: yes i agree i just feel like he if he if this were the case he would know and like he i don't know i'm sure it's you know i'm sure it's some sort of sexual allegory um, you know, Angel couldn't control. Yeah.
2: Angel's vamp face in that moment was him coming early. That was just mm. premature ejaculation, premature vamp face. That's what that moment entailed or was supposed to signify, I guess.
0: Yeah. So he growls. Buffy throws her through the throws him through the window and like shrieks. Uh, Joyce runs in and she's like, "I saw a shadow in the." Soda. Oh no, she
2: didn't throw him through the window at that moment. He fucking oh yeah, him. he jumped right. out. The window he jumped was later. out. Yeah, yeah. He was embarrassed. And then, and then she was like, Joyce, Joyce, she was like, what was that? And she was like, oh, it was just a shadow.
1: Like. <laughs> I'm sure Joyce has heard that one before.
2: Bro, like Buffy and Walter White, not good buyers, which makes my Breaking Bad Buffy comparison make even more sense. Okay. Good callback, I'm... Otto. Thank I, you, Otto. I agree. Okay. I
0: agree, Otto. I, I I mean, this is the first time. I don't I feel like Buffy doesn't scream that much. Like. We don't normally get a, a Scream Queen moment from Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, but, you know, she gave when she, it was her turn.
1: She can do it all. She was going for the Emmy. <laughs>
0: um, the next day, Buffy's at school talking to the Scoobies, telling them, hey, Angel's of vampire. Um, and this is sort of G- Giles is going to give us some lore talk. He's like... Just remember, vampires, they might look like people and they might have the memories of people and act like the people you knew, but when they turn into a vampire, a demon takes over.
1: Kind of like the uh, when we learned that Jesse in the pilot was turned into a vampire, kind of the exact same thing he told Xander, which was like, I am not Jesse, even though I look like him and I'm talking to you like I'm Jesse, I am a demon now.
0: Yeah, they really want us to understand. This is—he's—it's not a person; it's a demon. Um, Xander really wants Buffy to kill Angel. I'm it, sure it, I he mean, does. He would have said that before he even knew he was a vampire.
2: Now this is like, but this is like another Xander slander moment, right? Just the way he responds to Buffy anytime Angel comes up, and it's so obvious—like, uh, jealous like, love-lorn or, like, unrequited love type shit. But the reason I'm not going to make this another Xander slander moment is because that's literally how he treats Buffy for, like, the next two seasons, I want to say. Basically, like, the high school seasons is, like, it's when you get, like, the peak, like, oh, Buffy is expressing, is expressing just mild interest in another boy. Let me be an asshole real quick. Like, that's sort of, like, one of his traits which is very annoying to me looking back on it but yeah it's gonna be uh again you can slander that yourselves me i'm just like in this episode i'm like ah it's annoying but i'm like well this is xander so
0: xander's definitely annoying but i feel like at least here it's couched in something understandable where he's like you are a slayer he is evil so it works out for me that you would now have to kill him
2: Yeah. So it's like, even though Xander could be making a point, it's very self-serving ultimately. So it's hard for me to be on like, oh, well, yeah, he's right. He's a vampire. You're the slayer. It makes sense. Now, if remove the fact that he has like a crush on Buffy, right. Then I'd be like, well, he's making sense. But then you find out just how like desperate he is and it's like what he ultimately wants from buffy then it's like ah you know it makes it even like angel is literally like a 250 year old like polite groomer i guess if we're gonna you go by like today's standards right now that we have like the vocabulary and shit so xander on paper is right but i still do not fuck with xander i will go (laughs) i'm team angel over xander on this one okay
0: Given all the information, I do hate Xander, obviously. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm i interested in how this rewatch is going to go for me just now that I'm an adult. And, you know, I don't know. The Angel-Buffy relationship is just going to be, uh, you know, a hurdle to talk about. I gotta, th- you know, it's not good. But, you know... Wait, we, talk. I, we I
2: personally... I personally told myself I was gonna like talk around it but god damn it was like ah, I gotta (laughs) it's not like Xander (laughs) is wrong but he is wrong because he's Xander but also Angel is dead ass like two centuries and change older than her like dog like it's
0: neither of these men are good
1: (laughs) yeah I think Buffy should go back to Owen
0: yeah, Owen seems, Owen was probably, even he was really mean to her, but at least he was, like, better it was a human Xander.
1: who treated her a little bit better than Xander.
0: What is was this... the name of that nerd from the, from the, oh yeah, we like episode. the nerd. L- I can't remember, Lance? but Lance, Wait. yes. No. Is That's... Owen, the,
2: is Owen from the episode Never Kill a Boy on the yeah. first date? Yeah, oh, the titular okay. boy on the first date. <laughs>
0: uh so yeah they're just talking and they're just like Xander's like how could because they find Xander, Xander's like you don't love him do you and Buffy says I might and Xander's like how could you love a vampire and she, he like shouts it Cordelia's like what and then Xander says I mean umpire but then Cordelia was focused on someone else wearing a similar dress to hers she runs off shouting about how this girl must have a knockoff um
2: like dog can we like take a moment to just say give a shout out to charisma carpenter you know what mean? It, I might be, i'm mean, not, not even gonna always
1: get in, do a shout out to charisma
2: carpenter i'm not even gonna get into like future cordelia shit just in the couple of scenes she has in this episode she is so pitch perfect as cordelia like It's crazy.
0: She is so incredible. Every episode, she's underutilized. Like,
2: she's. Yeah. The
0: past, like, five episodes, she has been in, like, one scene. Like, she's
2: making meals out of these scenes,
0: dude. I completely agree. Just need her to be in so much more of every single episode.
2: And then I guess with David is also, y'all were talking about how like he would just pop up, not do shit, and then leave. And he finally gets his big episode and he's like killing it too in this episode.
0: Definitely. We need we need the Cordelia episode. Um but yeah, I mean, but like at least because at least cord at least Chris McCarpenter in her like singular scenes would be like do stuff like memorable or like be so amazing. Before this, Angel has like been, you know, um useless. not excellent. Oh
2: that's a very fair distinction. I agree with you there. Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, yeah. But Chris mccarpenter incredible. Hopefully next episode we see a little more from her because this might be like her only scene in the episode which sucks. Uh um, It's like
2: that scene and then like the her interaction with Xander in the bronze.
0: Yeah. yeah, where she gets called a whore. Ugh. I I feel so sorry for our girl. Um But after the Cordelia dress thing, Angel gets back to his house. Um, He turns on the light and Darla is there. And like this whole scene is so good. Like I I just wish that they like they needed to stretch out the Darla. Julie, like Julie Benz needed to be on this show for so much longer. Like she, I needed more of this. They're so good together.
1: I'm ready for the the Angel and Darla spinoff. When can we start watching Angel?
0: Not till after season three,
1: mm.
0: and yeah, you know. this was really
1: good. Um, I have been waiting for more Darla backstory. Love that we're connecting her to another character here, besides the master. Um, it seems like she's reading him for being into high school girls. Um, so she <laughs> sees that it's problematic. Um, we stand uh, an age-appropriate queen.
0: True, but then even she's probably, like, 200 years older than Angel, so... Well, is that
1: that okay? Like, once you start getting into the triple digits and you're an immortal being, are you allowed to sort of date around, or do you have to stay within your age range?
0: Well, that was my question earlier, like, would a 50-year-old dating a 200-year-old be okay? I'm like, sure.
1: Yeah, as as someone who hasn't reached 50, I don't know how mature I'm going to feel then, but... Maybe I would feel comfortable dating a 200 year old. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I can't, you know, I can't either, but I no. Yeah. I think that Angel and Darla are great. Um, but then, but even, but the, I mean, you know, now I'm talking it through Darla and Angel would have met when Angel was like 18 or something. She's a groomer. Um, but yeah, like, I,
2: I mean, all vampires are groomers though. I know like, <laughs> They're all hundreds of years old. If, if, that or older and then they're literally preying on people trying to be like all chill and like hey you know i'm into you and shit and then unfortunately a lot of times these you know the people they prey upon tend to be minors man like that's just ugh. the ick factor alone is just you know what i'm saying like have y'all seen wait side note but have y'all watched the vampire diaries
1: yeah i have seen a few I've saw, I've seen, like, the first five seasons. Same for me. It's
2: the exact same problem on that show, but worse, because it's on the CW, so they're upping the sexiness, or trying to make it seem sexy, with the exact same setup, where it's, like, kids in high school, and then these vampires, who literally are hundreds of years old, and fought in the fucking Confederate army. Like, these are grown-ass men, like, pretending to be, like, oh, I'm in high school again. Like, it's it's... It's well, Only, only yeah.
1: one of them pretends to be in high school.
2: <laughs> right. The other one is the oh, he's my older brother who's like in his 20s and shit. And that's still too old, by the way. <laughs>
0: he's a freshman in college.
2: Yeah, uh. but bringing it back to Buffy is like, yeah, like vampires are what? A symbol for like, you know, obstacles to growing up. Right. And what bigger obstacle is there than dating a fully grown-ass adult as a teenager uh, that will fuck up your mind you know and buffy's just now realizing who this guy really is and you know it's gonna be a journey it's gonna be a journey like this is just the beginning of that journey but you know
0: Yeah. So Darla and Angel are talking and I just feel like in this, I just feel like in this scene, it's just so believable that they've spent centuries together. Like, they have so much history. They talk about like, last time they saw each other, she was, she was wearing kimonos. In Budapest. Yeah, they remember Budapest and like an earthquake that they like fed during. Um, And she's just like, making fun of him for trying to act like a human even though he's not one and he's like i'm not one of you either like and there's so much darkness uh I, angel and darla more of that
2: um oh we- wait oh man that was a great scene and i think that comes directly after uh joyce letting darla in correct
0: they probably do a similar scene later but uh yeah like that angel and darla have a bunch of good scenes together in this episode yeah
2: like joyce lets darla in under the guise of uh darla being like oh i'm here to tutor buffy about willow had a reconstruction i have like something else and then joyce yo This shit was funny because, like, Darla just vamped once and, like, Joyce immediately, like, screamed and fainted. I'm like, that's cool. Like, I wish we, like, I wish they could have showed that, I guess, on screen. But Angel hears a scream. He comes in. She bit Joyce already, which is nuts. And then Buffy comes in at the wrong moment. And that's just, like, a sitcom scenario at that point. You know, it's, like, she tosses his ass out the window and shit
0: yeah angel
2: because angel hates himself he just lets it fly and just leaves. like
0: i know there was like even a moment where angel could have said something but instead he just growled like (laughs) an animal
1: well that's just his base nature coming
2: out (laughs) yeah that leads to the darla angel scene at his place later on and yeah it's this episode quickly takes like this because you know you have to have like the the action climax and shit well the joyce moment that was a the climax then you have to have like the resolution to the shit like angel is saying to darla like nah fuck it let's kill her let's end it right they meet up at the spot where did they even meet up at was that like uh i forgot that was it where was that
0: they went to the bronze like Darla like Buffy bronze. like okay. found out Buffy knows that Angel lives near the bronze. And so when he she was going to go patrol and look for Angel, she like went to the bronze surrounding area and she heard some noises in the bronze. So she went in the bronze.
2: Got you. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching this episode. Right. And Buffy is there with the crossbow angels there. You know, what I'm saying they're talking and shit and then Darla shows up and that's when we find out or that's when Buffy finds out that Darla and Angel have a whole ass history. She made him. She sired him, right? And then when she pulls out the fucking two pistols, I was screaming in my room, dog. That it's, shit was the so, guns so funny. unexpected.
0: I know <laughs> like and she like has them out in front of her like the entire time and even when she like falls through the to the floor, like she like is still holding them out parallel to the ground.
2: To this day, that shit is still funny because I'm like, bro, a vampire with a gun. And, okay, Michael, I'm going to say this. Not the only time a vampire with a gun happens in this universe. So, when that oh. happens again, that's going to be a treat. Uh Vampires but,
1: really uh, going through the gun law loopholes of our country they are they're finding the loopholes and they're getting guns
2: yeah man vampires can just don't even have to have like id they could just do some vampire shit boom they have a gun now and darla was able to procure two pistols and just on some yosemite <laughs> sam shit it was like hey, i'm just gonna shoot the slayer
0: she tried uh but and yeah also,
2: this part of the episode was also very well directed i fuck with this part of the episode too
0: the, yeah, this was a good action scene, probably my favorite um of the fights so far.
2: Because
1: we cared about all the characters.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And also I love uh Giles, Willow, and Xander on like in the rafters, and like, oh, we gotta do something. We gotta be we gotta like provide a distraction. And Willow just says, Hey yo, Buffy. That <laughs> line it was of an angel words... that to... bitchemon. It was a, it was an angel, it was Darling the to... <laughs> bitch. She just started shooting at them while they were talking and shit.
0: Allison Hannigan's delivery of that line is, like, lodged in my head for some reason (laughs) since I was a boy. Um, But, yeah, like, we get more information on, like, why Angel stopped killing a bunch of people a couple, like, a hundred years ago.
2: He says the G word, which we can't say anymore.
0: But they did say Romani at a certain point in the episode. Yes. And they were like, but what I'm talking about is this. Uh, but like, so we learned that a hundred years ago, Angel had been this monstrous killer vampire for like over a century already. Just like living, laughing, loving with Darla. Uh, and they were so evil and happy together. But then he fed on a Romani girl, a favorite in the tribe or something. And so like the elders of her people set a curse on Angel, and so they gave him back his soul. And so now, it's not like he's, like, become a person again, but now he, like, has a soul and regrets and feels pain for all the things that he did for those that century and lives with, like, the horrors of recognizing the things he did as bad.
1: Wow. So he's not like other vampires. No,
0: now he's a good vampire.
1: (laughs) He's, like, the last one they'll kill it's like that meme like seems, oh yeah. we'll we'll kill you
0: last me when i have to kill angel during the uh, human uprising
2: yeah <laughs> angel is like if saul goodman was forced to revert back to jamie mcgill okay that's just i'm just i'm doing the breaking bad break call wow. Saul shit too much but yeah angel's like revealing of like his backstory as to why he is the way he is and he also doesn't Like, the thing that's interesting about Angel is that, yes, he is a good vampire, but he is still a vampire. He still has the same instincts and urges to, like, fuck people up, drink blood, do all that shit. But because he has a soul, that's, like, it's a constant balance. You know what I mean? Like, he's constantly, like, having to keep himself in check. Him him kissing Buffy, he thought he could keep himself in check, and then he couldn't. And then the rest of the episode played out the way it did because... He couldn't keep himself in check, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, the Angel's character in this episode is interesting. And I mean, no. after the first six episodes, I was shocked to think that. But like at different points in the episode, he wants Buffy to kill him. And then he wants to kill Buffy also. and But then by the end of the episode, he chooses to kill Darla instead. Like all, all three people in the triangle at different points, he wanted one of them to die, including himself
1: he's complicated (laughs) that's what 240 years of life will do to you
0: yeah and i guess i want to think and read
2: yeah i also really love the moment where where angel does kill darla like the lighting and like the close-ups and shit. and you know when like you know when we care about a character when a character is important like darla is here they'll be staked and like, it'll take him a minute to die because you got to get the money shot. I'm like, oh, oh. And then, then they die as opposed to, to just like any old vampire. Like, Buffy stakes him and then, ah, instant, just dead. There's no beat. There's no dramatic beat. It's just, it's done. But this Darla's death in this episode, I'm like, oh, Chubb's kiss. Shout out, Scott Brazil. You did that. That shit was fire. That shit was also,
0: this is, like, one of the first times where Buffy went to kill a vampire and, like, it looked like... Because she shot the crossbow bolt and it, like, went in, but she was, like, a little to the right or something. She's, like, so, close
2: but no heart.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, and yeah, Darla she's... doesn't go down without a fight.
2: Yes. And also, Buffy couldn't kill her. She's literally dodging bullets. You can't dodge bullets with a crossbow. <laughs> you don't yeah. bring a crossbow to a gunfight.
0: The gun thing was... <laughs> Really sort su- of surprising to me. Uh it seems a- against the show's language for someone to have yeah. a gun.
2: It was like some shit out of the matrix because like <laughs> Darla even got like the backward slide while still shooting the bullets and shit. Yeah,
0: like, Buffy like pushed the pool table and Darla was like down on her back shooting back against like, Buffy. That's no
2: problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's trained a lot with bullets. Um, so yeah, uh they they kill Darla. Angel kills Darla with a crossbow bolt. I did not remember that Angel was the one that killed her, thought it was an excellent choice. Um, and so we're like at the bronze after like the next day or whatever, after the fumigation. Um, and we they're just like all talking. Buffy's like, I have said I haven't heard from Angel. And then Angel arrives and she goes over to talk to him.
2: And they're both like, oh, you know, you good? Yeah. Are you good? Yeah. Angel's like, if I don't get shot or, you know, like, slashed for the next couple of days, that would be good for me. And then they're like, oh, one of us should leave. We should. And they kiss again. And that was, like, another great moment in this episode because it's not necessarily the kiss, which was also good and fine. And I guess they both needed that in that moment. But then, like Buffy, like leaves, and then you see like the, the burn, like the the burn mark from her, uh, her crucifix on his, uh, I guess his clavicle, his like his chest area.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. You know, I would not imagine that it act like the, the they needed to do some work uh, with where that landed. But yeah, like they they kiss and they uh, show that Angel. Loves her so much that he was willing to let it burn him just to get close to her.
2: It isn't just the pain of leaving, it's also physically painful for Angel anyway.
1: See, I'm gonna say it wasn't very clear to me what was happening in this scene because they're kissing. He's like, uh, oh, it hurts so much, but it's so worth it. And I'm like, is it his soul that's hurting? Because we had just learned that he has a soul now and feels remorse. And then they pulled away, and you see like the big cross burned in. And I had honestly forgotten that Buffy wears this big cross necklace. So I'm like, is this another tattoo that we're being seen? <laughs> that we're being shown? Is this the physical manifestation of his soul? Like, what is going on?
0: And, and I also, read, it could have made it a little clearer that, like, what exactly was
2: going on. I can also headcanon it for myself that Angel is a bit of a masochist. Like, you know him letting buffy believe that he did bite joyce because he like he really has like the self-loathing thing going on you know of him like wanting to be with her but he's a fucking vampire and he like doesn't have like a masterful hold on that yet besides just feeling guilty all the time and then kissing buffy with she has like the cross and then like letting knowing it's gonna burn him anyway when you have a hundred years of just being a piece of shit, like monster to people, yeah, I'll go through some actual pain every now and then.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's—I'm sure he's done a lot of self-loathing and uh, self-harm in his day. I'm shocked that he's even still alive, honestly. Uh, and no, so we- I am
2: too. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, like you know, what I'm like, a oblique- ending but also very in very like it it fits angel's character like yeah i'm surprised he's still alive too shit
0: knowing what i know about him from this episode i'm like this dude would have ended
2: it all a long time ago but he keeps he keeps meeting blonde teenagers man that's just that's the thing (laughs) that's keeping him going yeah i mean
0: that's the thing about uh, high school girls, the he keeps staying the same age and they keep staying the same age. <laughs> uh, and finally, we also see a scene of the master, he's like pissed. Darla was his favorite, and the, but the anointed one is there and he's like, She was weak, we don't need her. Uh, we'll get her. we don't
2: need you. What have yeah. you done? <laughs> You've what done have nothing, you contributed. God damn.
0: Um yeah, so that was that was season one, episode seven, Angel. Um moving into our segments. Otto, was there a fashion moment of the episode that you wanted to spotlight?
2: Uh, Cordelia yelling at that other girl for wearing the exact same dress as her. And then her being like, Man, is this a knockoff? What the fuck? Like, where, where, where'd you get this from? <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was my moment as well. Um, just I, polka
2: dots. That's there's like a polka dot dress. I don't. My fashion sense isn't really a thing, you know. I could just tell. Oh, polka dots, cool. And then, but it's the I, way. It's a Cordelia moment. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna remember it. And it's like you know. You know. It's also like it is fashion related. So I picked that one.
0: Exactly. Like it was hard for me to pick a different thing just because, it was called out. It was about fashion. Yeah.
1: I was also going to pick the dress, but um I will. I'll shout out again Cordelia's two hundred dollars shoes that she she trotted out to the bronze,
2: and that we also don't see. We didn't
0: even see them. but I'm not believe... saying
2: that because I'm into feet. I'm just saying, you know, I mean, were, knowing Joss
0: Whedon, were... I'm surprised we didn't
2: see the shoes. She- Chekhov's shoes, you know what I'm saying? You're gonna introduce it in the first act you got to show them by the by the by the end, you know, by the, by Act Three or Four, whichever.
0: Um uh, and then I, I mean Darla dressing up as the schoolgirl was funny too. Um Otto, did you have a moment of the episode that made you say sleigh, the biggest sleigh of the episode?
2: I mentioned a sleigh earlier, and I'm gonna mention my second sleigh, which is also in the very fucking beginning of the episode. The fumigation party at the bronze which has just people stomping on cockroaches, picking them up with their bare fucking hands, handing them to the bartender, right? And he's putting them in the little, like, plastic Tupperware. And I'm just watching at home like, bro, this is some white-ass shit. What the fuck? You would never catch me picking up a cockroach with a bare hand and handing it to the guy at the bar for a free drink unless I was really fucking broke. And that, in which case, okay, that's different. But that was a slay, cause I'm like, bruh, that's funny as shit. And then at the, not the end of the, ep- oh, wait, oh shit. It was at the end of the episode where they have the post fumigation party. And then Buffy's like, oh, what's the difference between the pre fumigation party <laughs> and the post fumigation party? And Xander has his funny ass line where he's like, oh, a much hurtier cockroaches. <laughs>
0: Yeah, my my Spanish teacher in middle school refused to use um like hand sanitizer, rubbing alcohol, because it said it would kill ninety nine point nine percent of germs, but and so she was worried that the point one percent germ that would remain would become a super germ, and so like it, it would kill someone. <laughs> I don't even remember what she would say, but uh, that's why she didn't use hand sanitizer, and that, that's the same for the cockroaches. Uh, Mike, did you have a big sleigh for the episode?
1: Well, seeing Joyce again, that was a big sleigh for sure. Um, I hope they start integrating her into the story more. Um, It was great to see her be part of the sort of secondary plot, I guess. Uh, Get hoodwinked into Buffy's vampire shenanigans. Um, I also really enjoyed when Buffy was training with the crossbow. There was a shot where she like Shot it at a target and then the camera pans to like a smoking kills sign. Um and I thought that was slay because smoking does kill.
0: True. The the morality uh lines on this episode really shifting <laughs> the goalposts. Um, my biggest slay would probably be when Buffy was like, That hair on top of that outfit. <laughs> she was like, pick a struggle. The darling. Oh
2: shit. Uh I just came up with another slay. Off. Sam, yeah. were you finished with your slay? Oh, just yeah, for sure. Day? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, Michael, you mentioned this just now, Buffy doing a crossbow training. She fires a bow and it hits the this poster that says smoking sucks. It, the poster oh, literally says that. smoking sucks. And then at the end of the episode, Buffy and Angel Kiss, her cross necklace burns him and it's it's smoking. And guess what, y'all? Smoking sucks. But for real this time. God damn it. Yo, David Greenwald. I'm clapping on my table. I'm smacking my table. That's me clapping for David Greenwald. You killed that shit. If that was intentional, which I'm thinking it is, because I just came up with it and it sounds fire. Yo, like good fucking shit bringing that back. And yeah, that's some good visual storytelling right there.
0: I did not have a lot of faith in David Greenwald after Teacher's Pet, but after Angel, I'm I think that he's I, I bet he's good um moving on to xander slander uh Otto, what was the worst xander moment of the episode
2: him slut shaming cordelia in the beginning is still the worst and him just in general just acting like a fucking just goof anytime angel is brought up you know and buffy I might be going to say to her credit because she has other shit on her mind, but she's not even letting the Xander, his Xanderness get to her this episode, you know? And she's also a good friend to Willow being like, well, if you like Xander, then fucking go after him. And now, you know, so that's like, you know, she's also capable, you know, she's juggling shit. She still can be a good friend to, you know, Xander and Willow, especially Willow in this episode and like that one scene where she's like trying to like give her advice but yeah the cordelia shit is the worst and then Xander just uh yeah not a not a great Xander episode this time around he wasn't like unbearable to watch I feel like I've been talking a lot of shit about him in this episode rightly so but he wasn't like I didn't necessarily hate him like I will hate him later on at certain points throughout the show in this episode it was like i right, it's like like dude chill like just chill out a little bit you know but yeah he was the crudelia shit i mentioned earlier but still like my biggest xander slander moment
0: he wasn't in enough or like have enough lines of dialogue in this episode for him to say some heinous shit like he does in every other episode um but i would yeah i guess probably the only even moment of his that sticks out to me is the Cordelia thing where he's just like a dick for no reason. It's just like, go away. And like, like we talked about his adamant that Buffy kill Angel is like annoying, but I get where he's coming from. He is a vampire and it just happens to line up with him also being a guy he doesn't like. Uh, But his, his general treatment towards Angel, just because he's someone Buffy likes is bad also. You know, if you're gonna if he I feel like he could be coming at it from a similar angle to when he's trying to get Buffy to kill Angel. He's kinda like he could be like, I don't like him because he's two centuries older than you, not just like I don't like him because you like him.
1: Yeah, I feel like we've covered the major Xander Slander moments of the episode, but I think it speaks to how poor of a character he really is when the only he's in he's in a very limited part of the episode and he still only does awful things <laughs> um all he does is slut shame women on the show um and that's it that's his role
0: i hope someday he gains new character traits we will see um moving on to the scooby power rankings who the most uh to help the side of good on this episode I'm, I don't know. Between Buffy and Angel, they're, they're, the top spot is tough for me.
2: Is Angel a Scooby at this point, though?
0: Well, it's more just like anyone who's like helping the good
2: team. Okay, well, I would say Buffy is, I guess, is Buffy... Like, does she count? Is she because she's the main character? So I, I would she's say she's
0: usually yeah. number one in this segment. Okay. We're we're working it. We're working on this segment okay. to see if we uh keep it around or not.
2: Well, I would say Angel, even though he does help in this episode fighting the three, he kind of loses a couple of points for like letting Buffy think that he bit her mom. So like I would say he's not number two after that. Um, And it sort of leads to, like, the episode playing out the way it plays out with, like, Darla, like, shooting at Buffy and, like, her friends and shit. So Angel was, like, not really helpful causing that, you know? I would say maybe Giles and Willow for number two. Giles for actually, you know, training her with the crossbow, I guess. She did hit her target. It didn't kill her, but she did hit her. And then Willow just... (laughs) tossing the hill mary yo buffy it wasn't Darla, it wasn't angel it was darla so i guess that was helpful technically it created a distraction which was the point uh xander was just there he didn't help uh <laughs> joyce got bit. That's not, joyce got bit that's not helpful so yeah because joyce was the one who actually ended up going to the hospital i guess she's last unfortunately on the technical level you know and then xander before before Joyce, so he's slightly above Joyce just because he was just there. He didn't fuck anything up fight-wise, right? He was just being annoying. Uh, and then, I guess, Willow and Giles tied for two. And Cordelia is number one just because she's Cordelia. I don't give a fuck. It's my ranking. Okay.
0: I I love that thought process. Um, beautiful. Okay, so next episode is called I, Robot, You, Jane um buffy and giles face a demon spirit who has been trapped since the dark ages meanwhile willow has fallen for a cyber bow whom she met online and xander and buffy are wary of who this anonymous wooer may turn out to be mike does this sound anything like us meeting uh
1: yeah a little <laughs> bit uh
0: you were the who
1: was cyber bow oh was my cyber beau? i guess we were each other we cyber were each
0: other cyber bows
2: which is the episode I talked shit on earlier that you said? Oh, maybe you watch it again. It's actually quite good.
0: Uh, never kill a boy on the first date.
2: Oh no, that episode is good. I wrote by you, Jane, is when I was thinking about <laughs> that episode. I'm like, oh my fucking god,
0: <laughs> poisoning the well, uh, for Mike. <laughs> maybe is, like
2: these him. are just my opinions. You know what I'm saying? The opinions of Otto Fernandez are not the opinions of Buffy boyfriends. This, this is just me being like, ah, oh, that episode is so. <laughs> it's not Buffy at its best, but it's, it's a, it's not, you it's know, it's camp. not, it's, it, yeah, it's camp. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, not The worst Buffy episode. I don't think. I don't, think I don't so. think.
1: Michael, what were you saying? No, it, I was just going to say, it seems like the, that I am enjoying the episodes where the vampires are the main antagonists, And all of the episodes with a non vampire demon or spirit
2: uh have been really awful so far not awful but they get exponentially better after season one i'm gonna say that shit they get exponentially better after season one the non-vampire uh monster of the week episodes trust me on that
1: okay i'll i'll trust you for now so true maybe Uh, we'll have to have you back
2: on uh would love one of those episodes listen (laughs) i'm good from season two to six uh, season seven, leave me alone. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> season seven, oh, actually, wait, no, no, no. I'm bugging. I'm bugging. Season seven got some bangers on there for sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll be sure
0: to call you in three years for a season seven episode.
2: Um, hey man, I'm down whenever. <laughs> I'm down whenever.
0: Um, thanks so much for being here. Do you have anything you want to plug for our listeners?
2: Uh, yeah, man. Watch Breaking Bad. Watch Better Call Saul watch buffy watch angel you know uh, i'm just happy to talk about tv that i love with people i like and also love you know what i'm saying so hey sam michael again thank you for having me let's do this shit again sometime man
0: would love that mike how about you we'd love to have uh, sorry sorry to move on so quickly from those kind things i was distracted um otto it was great having you on love love talking tv with you too uh obviously legend of Korra book four coming up on better Duras. you'll absolutely be there
2: oh shit yes thank you i'd love to come back for uh, another legend of Korra episode man
0: mike do you have anything you want to plug uh we are
1: at buffy boyfriends on twitter uh i'm at flawless Lawless on instagram
0: sam Sure. As just mentioned, at Pod on Twitter and Instagram, we talk Survivor uh, during the on-season of Survivor and Avatar and Legend of Korra during the off-season. But as I just mentioned, we are finishing book four of Legend of Korra soon, and so we'll have to move on to something else for the off-season. haven't decided what that is yet. But... More importantly, for this podcast, uh, you can leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, I will read it right here. And we actually have our first one Whoa. right now. Oh,
1: um, it this just came in
0: right the second. This was from Thursday. Whoa. Um, and it's from,
1: listening to us on Thanksgiving.
0: I guess so. Yeah. Uh, they said, I'm feeling so. This is from I'm feeling sublime. Said, love the pod. They said, I just found your podcast and I'm really liking it. I like the episode breakdowns and the laid back conversation. I had to write a review so I could share my beeper knowledge, though. My older brother had one in the late 90s, and your description was spot on, except for one thing. After you type in the beeper number, you could leave your phone number and type in your own numerical code. 911 meant callback ASAP. If you look up 90s pager codes, you'll find a whole key. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, in the in the episode where she said, "If the apocalypse comes, beat me," I gave a description of what I thought it was how beepers worked. But what I didn't know is that you could also put in like an extra thing after the phone number to like have little codes. That's interesting. I've heard of the uh, hanky codes of the preceding generations, but I didn't know about beeper codes. I'm gonna have to look this up.
1: Beepers were really doing a lot of work in the '90s. I mean, kind of like the like when you're on. AOL instant messenger, and you had to leave, you could set up like a going away message for everybody um, so they knew what was happening that you would be RB. Duh.
2: We are officially old enough where we remember beepers. I haven't thought about
1: beepers. I don't remember beepers. I just remember watching TV with beepers
2: in them. Yeah. (laughs) Wait. Okay. I'm 30 years old. If you don't mind me asking, how old are y'all?
1: I'm 30. I've never seen a beeper in real life. I,
2: my uncle used to have a beeper when i was like young young in like the 90s and shit when i was like not even like double digits yet. i was like way way before then i was like i remember beepers i seen them in real life i know they existed that just crazy man gen z listen man if you don't remember a beeper i don't respect you that's just that's that's the Otto fernandez that's my code <laughs>
0: Man, there are and so many beeper in, codes.
2: Wait, and I also just said my phone name out loud and talking in third person. That's not me. I don't do that in real life. Okay. <laughs> uh, sorry about that.
0: This is, I mean, beeper codes are fascinating. I'm on an angel fire website right now with all the beeper codes you could want. There's, I mean, there's got to be at least 200 on this list. Uh, pretty interesting. Okay. Cool. Beeper culture. Um, yeah. So this is the end of the episode. Otto, thanks again for being here. This was so fun. Um, Bye, everybody. Peace. Thanks,